On today's show, Giannis speaks to the media for the first time since signing his extension. And as per usual, there were some fascinating quotes that we need to run by on today's show. And what about John Horst? We didn't speak about him enough on yesterday's show. It was all about Giannis. But I think today we need to acknowledge the work that the Bucks GM has been doing and perhaps the role that Giannis had and maybe even Thanasis in this contract extension for the Greek Freak. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Right in solo today, and I did say you can catch me on this show Monday to Friday, but not for long. This will be most likely my second last podcast. I think we're going to do one more this week, which is going to be the post-game show. I don't think that we're going to get a Thursday show up, so just a bit of uh, pre-warning there. But we are going to obviously have a post-game show. I'll hang out with Frank, and then you're going to have Camille Davis, and Justin Garcia are taking the reins of Locked On Bucks from next week. But uh, we absolutely appreciate the support on this show as it continues to grow and continues to rise. And let's face it, this might be, outside of winning the title, one of the more exciting moments you've had in your Bucks fan life with the Damian Lillard trade and obviously the Giannis extension, which we're going to break down a lot tonight. So we appreciate the support. If you haven't done so yet, uh, drop a like, a comment, get involved, subscribe, rate, review, and do all those things. And perhaps most importantly, uh, turn your notifications on so you know the next time a show drops here with Locked On Bucks as the regular season gets set to tip off. Today's uh, episode brought to you by Price Picks. We'll get to that uh, in just a little bit. As I said, second last show for me. We'll go through some of the memories with Frank at some points, and maybe there'll be a little bonus show there, but we'll try and run through that, and I'll probably speak a little bit about what I'm moving on to next uh, just there. But today it's all about Giannis. It was a big day yesterday with Giannis signing the three-year approximately $186 million extension, pretty tidy work. And he spoke to the media today. Adrian Griffin had a chance to do the same again. And I just wanted to run through some of these quotes because as has become the norm, and this is something I've spoke about a lot on this podcast, I think Giannis has got better at this. I think he's got better at presenting to the media. His answers are so thoughtful. So as he's matured and he's become this MVP caliber player, he just comes from a picture of perspective every time he speaks. And certainly the way that he has embraced Milwaukee and Milwaukee's embraced him is just so unique and so rare. And there were some of the comments I wanted to get through. And I mentioned Thanasis, GM Thanasis in the intro here. And let's just start right there because you know, we discussed a lot the idea of would it make sense for Giannis to sign an extension right now? Uh, would he wait till next year when he can sign a four-year deal? So yeah, you, you're probably tacking on a guaranteed, you know, 60, 65 mil on the end of this deal rather than signing a three-year deal right now. And then once he did sign the extension, you saw some deeper reporting suggesting that, well, no, actually, Giannis can be better off in this way. He locks in the money now. He's guaranteed. He can sign a short-term extension of two plus one in 2026 and then potentially another four-year contract at the end. 
So the chances are that you're not actually losing out on any money and maybe you can maximize your earnings and the contract extensions you can sign down the road. Now, there are so many different cap rules and the over 38 rule and stuff that I've never professed to be a cap expert. I leave that work to the experts in that field. But when Giannis was asked about the idea of signing this extension, he said, look, for me, uh, as I said earlier, it wouldn't make sense for me to sign it. But then I had a conversation with my family, aka GMTA, that it would make more sense for me to sign because I'd be able to, uh, and then he goes on to say, you don't know what tomorrow will hold, but he'd have eligibility to re-sign in 2026, or I don't remember what he told me, but that was the smartest thing to do. So I kind of just trust his thinking. Now, there has to be obviously significant involvement in from John Horst and the Bucks front office, but it's just an amazing tidbit because we talk about all the positive impacts the NASA's can have on this roster, regardless of the fact if people question, yeah, how much is he going to play? You know, it's a roster spot that's been there for a number of years. You know, I've tried to always strongly argue that we've seen, certainly in other ways, apart from on the court, you know, the emotional support that clearly and family means everything to Giannis. If you're talking about what Giannis is bringing to the franchise and in any way it helps having Thanasis around, then of course you would want to do that, particularly if you are talking about a you know, roster spot that, what, what are you doing with those back ends of, of the roster spots anyway? Thanasis is clearly an NBA caliber athlete, but I think his value to the Bucks far exceeds what he can do on the court. Now, I didn't really peg Thanasis as the guy that was coming up with salary cap advice and extension advice and financial advice of that magnitude to Giannis, but you love to hear it. It's an unbelievable little quote there. Uh, from Giannis, and I've seen some great stuff on Twitter today about the value Thanasis can bring to the Bucks. But just a tiny little tidbit. Of course, there would have been workings and negotiations with John Horst and the crew, but uh, GM Thanasis, maybe there's a future in it for him. But the idea of distractions for this team, this has been a fascinating talking point for me over the last few weeks, and uh, we've discussed the idea of Adrian Griffin coming in. He's going to be under big-time pressure as a first-year head coach. And now you bring in Damian Lillard in the mix. Maybe he's going to take some time to feel comfortable in Milwaukee, build that chemistry with Giannis. And then Giannis himself is coming off surgery, as is Chris Middleton. So you just throw all those things together in the pot. Now, I'm not saying that the Bucs are guaranteed to have a slow start this season, but I've at least flagged the possibility that it probably wouldn't surprise me. You would like to think that the Bucs are playing their best basketball during the postseason, but if you're talking about regular season basketball, if someone sat there and told me, that they were going to take until mid-November, early December, before you're like, okay, this team is starting to cook. I would believe you. That would make a lot of sense for me. Now, one of the things that you don't need on top of that is the pile-on if the Bucks start the season slow and then the contract talks start to really ramp up steam. And this is where you have to look at what Giannis has done over the last extension he had. Now this extension that he's had here this time, what he's done is completely gotten rid of any of the the rumor mill, the speculation ramping up because last time he signed the extension before the deadline, before the season started, and he still had the one year left on his deal. So it would have been the following off season when he was potentially entering that player option scenario. Uh, He's done it uh, even earlier here with this extension. And again, he referenced it in this media session, but there's no doubt that he was absolutely aware of this being a scenario that could have become a distraction. So he says it also takes the focus away from that. I don't have to think about it. 
I don't need the media talks to be about my contract and if I'm going to stay, if I'm going to leave, because I knew in my heart that I wanted to stay. I don't want people when we lose a game to come back and say, oh, Giannis is being irritated. He doesn't like what's going on. He's going to leave, blah, blah, blah. No, the conversation right now is just going to be about straight basketball. So I'm not necessarily someone that believes entering the season, anyone around the Bucs was too bothered in terms of the players. Like, were they going to walk into the season and think about Giannis signing an extension? I don't necessarily think so. But would it be a source of frustration down the road if it continually become a question? It's possible. I remember before Giannis signed the initial Supermax extension back in 2020, the season before that, when I was still based in Milwaukee and at every practice and every game, the questions were starting to come to Giannis about, hey, you can sign an extension this summer. What are you going to do? And there was a little bit of frustration, it seemed like, coming from Giannis. And he didn't want to answer those questions. He's only ever wanted to talk about basketball with the media. Unfortunately, if you put yourself in these situations, and these players are well within their rights to do so, but if you do leave it until that period of time and you are the caliber player that Giannis is, it is absolutely going to be a talking point. I know Bucks fans were certainly doing a victory laps yesterday in certain circles about the conversations and the assumptions that Giannis might leave Milwaukee here in the next year or so. So all that is understandable. But again, Giannis is just different. He's just different to most guys. He said that he wanted to be in Milwaukee. He just said that he wanted to win. And I want to get to that part of this coming up next because I think the idea of players making power moves for franchises has been a big talking point over the last few years for sure. And There's no question Giannis pulled a little bit of a power move, but he does it in a different way. And look at the results. He stays in Milwaukee. The team continually improves. And honestly, if you're a Bucks fan, you can't ask for much more than that. So we're going to continue the conversation next after we talk about prize picks, today's sponsor of the podcast. And uh, look, I'm here to tell you, uh, prize picks is very, very easy to do. It's really simple to play. You can make your picks on the over and unders, on the points, rebounds, steals, blocks, whatever it may be. And you can submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. There's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay. An enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So, if you were uh, in the NFL, for instance, you might go down the line of uh, Barkley for more than 60 yards and Patrick Mahomes for more than two passing touchdowns. That might be something you want to uh, tie your, your money into there. But what about for the Bucks in the season opener against the Philadelphia 76ers? Maybe it's Giannis to score more than 25 points. Maybe it's Giannis to grab more than 10 rebounds. There's obviously multiple players. You can mix and match here as well. So uh, with the Price Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance there. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Uh, that is pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. And uh, that is Price Picks, the daily fantasy sports. Made easy. We'll continue the conversation with Giannis here and the contract extension, which clearly took over the NBA landscape uh, with yesterday's news cycle. As I said, post-game podcast, Bucks and Sixers opening night. The first time in a regular season game, we'll see Giannis and Damian Lillard 
together. Uh, Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton going to be there as well. So we're hoping uh, the Bucks going to be virtually at full strength. It certainly looked like Bobby Portis and campaign were going to be in line to play in this game. We'll see a little bit closer to tip off here. And it's a little bit strange. We have to admit, you had opening night tonight, NBA action. And now if you're a Bucks fan, you've got all this excitement and you have to wait for two days. Not too pleased with the schedule. I'm not going to lie about that. But uh, we will have the post-game show on Locked On Bucks. So make sure you subscribe, turn the notifications on. So I think the answer that probably grabbed Bucks fans' attention the most today was Giannis talking about the city of Milwaukee. And he's done this passionately for a very long time. It was interesting to me, this part of the conversation at first. So he says, for me, uh, one of my, I don't know, disadvantages, I'll say, is that I'm very loyal. Even though you might hurt me or do something to me, I always try and forgive you and see the best in you. If you were there for me in the beginning, I'm there for you for the rest of our lifetime. For the Milwaukee Bucks organization, they've been there with me since the beginning. They changed my life. They changed my family's life. The kids were born in Milwaukee. And he went on, and you can see this answer in full, uh, certainly online, and it's absolutely worth it if you haven't yet. But the idea of being too loyal and the idea of being loyal. Yesterday on the podcast, I referenced the tweet from Giannis where he said, I've got loyalty in my DNA. This was back in 2017. At that point in time, you know, the Bucs were a middling team. But Giannis had already exploded to that all-star caliber player. So when he says that, I think you know, Bucks fans attached themselves to that and they love that. But there was always probably a little bit of fear that, this is Milwaukee. Is he going to leave? You learn over time about a guy. And when I think about Giannis, and he says that it might be a detriment that he's too loyal. I understand what he's saying. You can be loyal to a fault. There's no question about that. I don't think that's been the case with Giannis. But when you think about certainly the original stories with Jason Kidd when he left, think about the players that he's just loved and the relationships he has with guys that haven't worked out with Milwaukee, but they were well known for being close. If Christian Wood, if Thon Maker was one of those guys that was very close with Giannis, he's now got that with Marjan Bochamp. Hopefully Bochamp stays in Milwaukee a little bit longer than the other two guys. But the point is, we've seen the loyalty on the human side with Giannis. We've seen the disappointment when the playoff exits don't go the way that Giannis want them to. And we see the visible disappointment in his face because he is the ultimate competitor. He doesn't want to lose. He wants to win at all times. So when he speaks so passionately about being loyal to the city of Milwaukee, you you can't help but love the guy. And it's understandable why he is continuing to grow his legend in this city. And I can see that he's the type of person that doesn't want to step away from a franchise that, you know, for the most part, I don't know the, the personal relationships, but certainly from afar, it seems like it is, it combined with what Giannis has brought to Milwaukee, the franchise have been able to help him as well. And there's genuine love there. And it, it is fascinating, the timing. And we had someone uh, discuss, it might've been on, on the podcast, it might've been Camille, to be honest, talking about the idea of the Giannis contract extensions. Think about the timing of the two times that he signed the extension. The disaster in the bubble, just not a great experience all around for the Milwaukee Bucks and certainly not for Giannis. And then losing to the eight seed. And both those times, when the situation from a playing perspective has been as tough as it could possibly be, rather than walk away and say, this is a little bit too hard. I won a title. I've given everything to this city. He doubles down. Yes, he puts the pressure on the franchise to ensure that they want to keep winning. But he also says, I'm not leaving. As long as you show that there is a commitment here, 
I don't want to leave Milwaukee. This is where I want to play for the rest of my career. And when the Bucs have had their two most disappointing postseason exits of the career of Giannis, well, for me, I'm assuming, both to Miami, Giannis has doubled down on the franchise. And yes, there's been major moves that have probably helped him do so. But I think as much as Giannis deserves all the credit for the loyalty that he has, you know, the Bucs, in those, in those dark times, in the desperate times from a basketball perspective, they've doubled down on the commitment as well. And, and I think that that's what makes this whole situation so unique. And I've only lived in Milwaukee for a few years, so I don't need to tell long-time Bucks fans, Brewers fans, what it means if you don't feel like the franchise is pouring into a small market. But the Bucks have done it. And Giannis, as, as rare as anything, is a superstar that has poured his heart into the city and thrown all this loyalty in as well. So it's a, it really is an extraordinary combination. And to hear Giannis speak like that about the city and what it's done for him and him continuously wanting to give back, uh, it is, it's really special. It's one of those things that, that the legends of an athlete, of a human in a city just continues to grow. So you understand uh, why he wants to experience the parade all over again like he did a few years ago. So it was just an absolutely extraordinary press conference all around. But I mentioned the buy-in from the franchise. And you, all, you you can't stop. You can't be satisfied with winning one title if you have a player the color of Giannis. And it brings me to John Horst. And I want to get to John Horst next and just talk about some of the moves he's made along the way and why, yes, he's been maligned in certain circles across the years, but I just don't think you can you can do that anymore. You have to give John Horst, the GM of the Bucks, all the credit in the world for what he has been able to produce and continually turn over over the last few years. So we'll get to John Horst and the moves and the position the Bucks find themselves in. So when the Bucks signed John Horst as GM, and we've discussed this multiple times, so we won't go through the long story there, but certainly there was a lot of who is that? What did the Bucks do? This seems like it was a messy GM hire, and there was clearly some concerns with the, the ownership group at the time, decision-making. Are they able to come together as a group and, and make decisions? But, you know, John Horst, if you just look at the run that the Bucks have been able to have and the consistent turnover and the consistent search to improve – I, I, he has to get a lot of credit. He won the executive of the year, the first Bud year, so 2019. And that was when you're talking about bringing in uh, Brooke Lopez. Obviously, you signed Mike Budenholzer and the Bucks had a regular season. They just hadn't had the likes of for a very long time. So that was huge. Uh, but then you think about how quickly he went to work with that squad. Remember John Henson and Matthew Dellavedova were a part of the Bud era? Only very briefly, but the, the trade then to bring in George Hill. What about the trade at the deadline to get Nikola Mirotic? And you might sit back and say, well, did George Hill change things? I thought he was actually pretty fantastic in the first couple of years for his role. And Mirotic in the postseason didn't quite work out. But the desire to get better. And then you say, well, what, what are you going to be able to do now after 2020? You can't make a move. He swung. He went and got Drew Holiday. That proved a trade that could get you to a title. He was then able to double down and get Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I know that didn't work out, but he was ready to do so, which would have been another move that would have been highly applauded and highly favorable. He still didn't rest on his laurels. And he said, no, no, I'm going to get PJ Tucker. You think that I don't have enough assets to get PJ? I'll make this happen. 
I don't know what John Hall says in negotiations, but he gets stuff done. PJ Tucker comes to the Bucks, and now you and there's there's other multiple moves along the way. But you're able to make a trade for Damian Lillard, a top 75 player of all time. You execute the two extensions of Giannis. You're able to navigate and fend off the charge for Brook Lopez from the Houston Rockets. You bring Chris Middleton on, again, a, f- a friendly deal for a guy that has done a lot for your franchise. And there's lots of mi- little trades in between that he's been able to make and little signings along the way. And not all of them have worked out. You Certainly, you would have loved at the time if P.J. Tucker came back for the Bucks. The Dante DiVincenzo trade is one that gets brought up a lot. Yeah, back in the day, there was the question marks about the Malcolm Brogdon situation. But I just think we see a lot of times teams, and they might have a team that's willing to contend, but they're right there. But they aren't able to execute these moves because once you do get to the top and you don't have the assets, continually making trades to make the team better just becomes a, a very difficult challenge. We've had many times in this podcast where we've sat back and said, look, the idea is great. I just don't think that the Bucs have the assets to pull off this trade. I said that about PJ Tucker. He made it happen. I said it about Damian Lillard multiple times. He made it happen. Now, it was, of course, with the assistance of other franchises and you're able to make it happen. But this is a guy that just gets stuff done. And you can't possibly have 100% strike rate when you're talking about trades and transactions for a franchise. But John Horst, I think at this point in time, I mean, right now, let's just let's just be honest. When you get Giannis to an extension and you trade for Damian Lillard, right now, as it stands, John Horst has got one hand, if not two hands already, on the executive of the year trophy for this season, which would be the second time in six years. So I'd be curious to know at this point, are there any detractors out there for John Horst? I don't understand how they could be. And keeping in mind that when you talk about the money situation, I've always argued that the GM is in, in control of the salary cap. He would, if, if a GM is in this position, he wants to spend as much money as he can because he wants the best team out on the floor. So that's not even a scenario that I don't think you can even really blame too much on John Horst there. But it was worth noting, we briefly brought it up yesterday, but yeah, I think maybe the tide might be turning a little bit if there was still some uh, skepticism out there about what John Horst has been able to do for this team. Because, you know, let's face it, we discussed a lot over the last six months, the sticky situation the Bucks were going to find themselves in. And now you've got Giannis and Damian Lillard on the same timeline uh, for the next few years uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, which is just not a scenario I could have even thought was possible uh, going back a little bit. But another fun show today. The Giannis extension continues to be the news of the day. And we're only two days away from the season opener against the Philadelphia 76ers, which is going to be... Uh, a lot of fun. We can't wait to get the post-game show to you all. I appreciate all the nice messages from the Lockdown Bucks listeners and uh, viewers as well. I know I've always tried to keep the solo pods to an absolute minimum. Had to do so today. A little bit late getting this one out. Uh, hopefully, it brings up some interesting conversations for you guys. But what was your big takeaway from the Giannis Presser? Was it G-A-T-M? Uh, sorry, G-M-T-A. An unbelievable quote from Giannis. Uh, there with his brother Thanasis uh, with the cap knowledge, which we appreciate. Uh, John Horse worked for the Bucks. Speaking of GMs, what do you make of that at this point? And the loyalty to Giannis. Perhaps just tell us how you feel about this man and what he's been able to do for over a decade in the city of Milwaukee. All right, we'll leave it there. As I said, uh, potentially no show tomorrow. I'm not looking to snap a slack off on my final week, but uh, there's a bit going on. So we'll be back most certainly 
for a post-game show. Bucks and Sixers, let's get the season started.